This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to Chill Filtered, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should. On today's episode, we're going to be drinking Old Ezra Barrel Strength. It's a seven-year bourbon, and it is delicious. But before we get to that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please hit the subscri- subscribe button, and while you're there, you can leave us a rating and a review. Ratings help people find the show. Reviews help us know what you're enjoying, maybe what you'd like to see different on the show. And if you want to play a bigger part in what we do at Chill Filtered, maybe buy us a bottle, you can head to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. All right, Cole, my dear friend, how are you this fine day? Bro, it's been a good week. Uh, let's yeah? see. I uh, first of all today we are uh, gonna put an offer on a house. Oh, uh, that, yeah. It doesn't mean we're gonna get, it, of course. Um, but we really liked it, Heather and I both. And uh, it's in the like the smaller city over. It's a city called Gilbert. And nice. so we're like excited about that. It's it's like awesome. We both. It's been funny. Like we've been searching around for a month or two now. And we, you know, there's ones that I love and she like sort of likes. And then there's ones that I sort of like and she loves. But this is like the first one where we're both like, this is amazing. And it's, right. this is, this might be the one. Uh, so yeah, we're excited. We, um, yeah, I'm trying to think this, this week at work has been really good. I finished this one like project within like a really good deadline, which is like, sadly, like one of the first times I've really finished like a deadline well before, um, yeah, but I was like proud of myself, you know, that's, that's good stuff. Um, excited. Yeah. About the podcast. I think things are moving in a really cre- great direction. Um, and Oh, I got my, did I tell you, did I mention last uh, episode that I got my, or I was going to get my wisdom teeth removed? I don't remember if you said it on the show. I, I did know that that was happening. How did that all go? It didn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, on Monday of last week, I got them just yanked. They weren't like cut into. They didn't put me under or anything, but they numbed me up real good and yanked uh, both of my right wisdom teeth. And it wasn't that bad recovery. But today, yesterday, I think I overdid the other side, like chewing something. And now it's like sore on the on the good side. And so yeah. I'm like probably going to have to go back to like smoothies for a day or so. Uh, which is cool, but it's nice to have them out, but it's also like sort of recovering. But I did find out that I can drink uh, without issue. Uh, it doesn't really burn that bad or anything like that. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, that's the life of Cole. How are you doing? I am sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's rough. I I uh, So last week I stayed home from work on Wednesday Mm-hmm. and slept slept all day and then thursday i woke up felt great didn't feel sick at all on thursday and then i woke up i so i went to work then i woke up friday way worse than i was on wednesday really uh still went to work on friday and about four hours into it left and and came home uh and yeah so i've been sick but 
uh, you know, stuff is good. Um, and uh, I, <clears throat> I'm feeling it today, uh, the sickness, because uh, yesterday I got free tickets to this really awesome festival. Oh, cool. Uh, and so even though I was sick, I was like, well, it's this cool thing and I'm not spending any money and I want to do this. Uh, so it's a festival called the great taste of the Midwest, Yo, uh, which is sounds this amazing. giant beer festival. And there's like, I don't know. I couldn't even begin to tell you how many different beers there were to try, but like tons of breweries. I, I don't know. I would, I would guess like over a hundred breweries were represented. Wow. Um, God bless and so Wisconsin. That was fun. Right. So me and Ashley went and did that. Um, it was interesting. I put out on Facebook on Friday night. I was like, hey, uh, what are the chances anybody has extra tickets to the Great Taste? And they're $60 a piece. Uh, so, you know. And uh, after a while, a friend texted me. He's like, hey, did you find tickets yet? And I said, no. And he goes, how does free sound? And I was like, yes, that sounds great. <laughs> so <laughs> the best kind of tickets. <laughs> for sure. So we did that yesterday. And um, we were out in the sun a lot. Uh, for sure. We, we brought, like, folding chairs and everything, like, nice camping chairs or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and we were able to sit in the shade for a long time, too. There was good beer and stuff, but uh, the thing that I was most excited about was a few different breweries had root beer that they make. Oh, cool. And I am a big fan of draft root beer. Like, straight from the tap, it's really great. That sounds and, great. And uh, there were a couple that were just, like, phenomenal root beers. So I'm I'm a diehard Dr. Pepper, ha- Dr. Yeah. Pepper fan, but um, I don't think there's a better soda than a good draft root beer, so... Have you ever had Henry Weinhardt's? That used to be my favorite uh, root beer. You ever have uh, and Bulldog? Then ha- no. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you had. So Henry Weinhardt's was my favorite, and then I had uh, I had one yesterday from a brewery. I think their name is Lift Bridge, L-I-F-T okay. Bridge, uh, and it was just it blew Henry Weinhardt's out of the water. So really, that's I I gotta yeah. look it up now. Lift bridge. Okay, I'm totally looking that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. So yeah, that's what we've been doing this weekend, and then today I slept in pretty late. I've got a wicked sunburn. I so I got a really bad sunburn from riding the motorcycle on my face, and uh, my face has been like peeling for the last week and a half. Yeah. And then yesterday, I took care of like covering my face so I didn't get sunburned, but I did, did not do anything for the back of my neck. And so <laughs> my my neck is just super sore today, and I can uh, tell it's going to peel. And uh, it's good times though. Yeah, that's the uh, the redhead uh, issue, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I feel like there was other things going on in my life, but I but I don't know. Oh, you know, I did this. Uh, I did this video for um, Stateline yeah. Distillery here in Madison, mm-hmm. uh, and it's instantly become the most popular video I've ever uploaded in the last fifteen years of oh, that's doing awesome. video stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's been really cool, and I'm going to probably start doing some more video stuff for different places. Um, and then I can I can say that the uh, the founder and master distiller from Stateline is actually going to – we're going to re- – he's going to record a podcast episode. Um, oh, that's great. I'm a, glad to hear that. In a couple weeks. I'm not sure when it will be slated into, like, our normal queue, but, yeah. but it will be fun. 
Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, so that's what's going on in my world. And uh, I'm excited for you guys. The house, that's a, that's a big deal. I hope, the, uh, I hope the offer gets accepted and everything. Me too. Um, hey, Cole, what are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking a bourbon called Old Ezra Barrel Strength. It's 117 proof, and it's a seven-year. And I am, I am excited about it. Are you excited about it? Bruh. I am really excited about it. I've never had this one, and I've heard good things for sure. I, uh, is this one of the ones that Caleb sent us? This is one of the ones that Caleb Olson sent us. Very, very nice. Thank you, Caleb. Shout out to the Bourbon Badger on Instagram. Yeah. All seriously. right. Uh, let's. I know we have one more thing to talk about, but before we get to that, Cole, let's take just a quick break. Back from break here on Chill Filtered, and uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Cole, we had the honor of uh, being one of the first podcasts to review the EHT Amaranth Grain of the Gods, and and that was cool. That was a cool thing that we got to do. Yeah. And then the I think the week that that episode came out, the day uh, we we were contacted by a, a different company. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're an Australian glassware company. I believe for, they're from Australia, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're called Denver and Liley. Uh, and they just said... I, so here, here's where I have hesitation, Cole. I don't, I don't think I would call them sponsors. No. You know? No. But, but they, they said, hey, we want to send you guys a couple of glasses... Uh, and uh, test them out and see what you think and everything. So I know that you have used yours already. I yeah. haven't used mine yet. But uh, I'm curious, how do you think it compares to uh, Glen Karen? So hey, it's really cool. So it's specifically Denver and Lily's um, bourbon glass is what they call it. They have like a whiskey one, but this one's the bourbon one. And it's kind of like if you look at it from the side, it looks like a smushed, um, stemmed, uh, what do you call it, Glencairn? And yeah. I like it. I think it's like super classy. That's like the first thing I think when I look at this glass. I think it's just super classy. And they're not. They didn't. They didn't tell me what to say about it. They literally just uh, were able to give it to us and said, "Put it on the show." And we we're like, "We're happy to do that." Um, so we're, they didn't tell us anything of what to say. Uh, but I really like just the classy feel of it. It's got a nice dense base. And, uh, and I always love, and it's like, you could tell it's like hand blown glass or whatever the phrase is. Um, yeah. And and so far, like drinking out of it, it is very similar to Glen Karen in terms of like holding in the aroma. Cause it's got this like uh, tapered, um, like from the rim to the, the base, it's like goes out and then back in. So I think it's very similar to a Glen Karen, but it feels classier for sure. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's. It's a you know short and squat Glencairn. Um, mm-hmm. I like the I like the weight of it. I like that it's a little heftier. Yeah. Um, and then the other the other thing that I like about it is that you know it is wider at the base than a Glencairn would be. I mean it's wider all around. Yeah. But as a guy with big hands, it it feels nicer in my hands than than a Glencairn does. Yeah. Um, 
so I do like that. I'll read I'll read something here from the packaging. Uh, uh, again, Cole, as you mentioned, this is specifically the Denver and Lily bourbon glass. And uh, here's something from the packaging here. The unique hand-blown shape of this glass is Denver and Lily's tribute to American whiskey. To create a glass that complements the tasting attributes and cultural considerations specific to bourbon, Denver and Lily combined their extensive knowledge of scientific glass design with their love of American whiskey. The DNL bourbon glass allows you to experience the smell and taste the distiller intended. So we'll see. I, I mean, you, you've used it so far. I haven't. Um, listeners, if you want to uh, check this out for yourself, uh, I'm trying to remember. Yes, their website is denverandlily.com. Lily is spelled L-I-E-L-Y. Denver is spelled like the city. So denverandlily.com. They've got a few different types of glassware that you can uh, purchase, and uh, they're good people. At least we think they're good people, so uh, go check them out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we're really grateful for it. It's kind of – I just love uh, the glass, and I love just um, that they were able to reach out and uh, send us these. Uh, if there's anyone out there who, you know, wants to send us some, you know, glasses or any type of whiskey, uh, you know, accessory, we are so down – and um, and we'd be happy to kind of uh, at least review um, your whatever product it is, whether it be whiskey or a whiskey accessory. Um, we're honest people, but so far I really like this glass. And uh, yeah, check it out, Denver and Lily.com. Perfect. All right, Cole, tell me all about this old Ezra barrel strength seven year. Yeah, absolutely. So you've heard of Ezra Brooks, the gentleman's <laughs> bourbon, according to their website. Yes. Um, that's the line of bourbon that we're actually dealing with today. Uh, even though this is called Old Ezra, it's part of the Ezra Brooks line. Um, there's Ezra Brooks Black Label. There's Ezra Brooks Blended Whiskey. They have a straight rye and a bourbon cream. Uh, but the Old Ezra is normally 101 proof and a seven-year. Uh, but this one, of course, is barrel strength. Uh, who was Ezra Brooks? That's the question. Unlike most... Of all the great names of whiskey, Ezra Brooks was neither a person nor a mixture of names. It was just straight up made up. Uh, it was just a cool sounding name for whiskey, I imagine. That was in 1957 in a city called Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. And we've talked about Lawrenceburg before. And there's like three Lawrenceburgs and they're all throughout whiskey like Central America. There's one in Indiana, which is where MGP is. There's one in Tennessee, which has a few micro um, distilleries out there. And then there's one in Kentucky. Um, It's really not the center of um, where this whiskey kind of was, but that's where it started. And a guy named Frank Silverman started the brand for Hoffman Distilling Company. And it was actually to compete with Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels was having a rough few years. And they're like, we can basically put out this whiskey that... Um, will hopefully like take over the, the that kind of scene. Uh, is funny actually. They claimed originally that they had a charcoal filtering or a charcoal mellowing similar to Jack Daniels, but it was found out at one point that originally the brand would just add just a handful of like activated charcoal to their um, like like actual juice, and they called right. that charcoal filtering. But they got sued. Uh, I believe by Jack Daniels, but they got sued either way. 
and uh, but they won actually the uh, lawsuit, and but they they stopped doing that altogether and didn't and stopped doing that like quote charcoal filtering. Um, they got bought out a few times. The brand. Uh, including by Medley Distilling, which uh, has a cool story to it. I'm not going to go into it today, but that was in 1976. Uh, But a few other times with other companies. In 1993, Luxco bought them out, and it's been with them since. And we've we've mentioned Luxco on the podcast before. Uh, They own Blood Oath. One we've had on the show, David Nicholson, and Rebel Yell, and... Yellowstone, and they're all bourbons. And they own a few other brands, but those are the bourbons of the bunch. Uh, Their master distiller is a guy named John Rempe, or is it Remp? I don't know. It has the R-E-M-P-E. Either way, John seems like a cool guy. Uh, Luxco was a NDP, a non-distilling producer, until about 2018. Uh, They have now a place in Bardstown, Kentucky, and it's called Lux Row Distillers. I, um, what was I? Oh, yeah. I kind of love, I love reading websites' descriptions of their own bourbon sometimes because it just sounds pretty funny. I have respect for Ezra Brooks and, and their stuff, but I thought this was a really funny quote from their website. And here's the quote. It says, Still aged in ch- new charred American white oak barrels and bottled the old-fashioned way, Ezra Brooks is as honest as they come. Well, I hate to say it, Ezra Brooks, <laughs> but if you're still <laughs> aging it in new charred American white oak barrels, well, then it's still a bourbon. If you didn't do that, it wouldn't be bourbon anymore. But anyway, right. and I just and, have no idea what the old-fashioned way is. Also, it's it's funny that they say it's still honest as as they come because, well, Ezra <laughs> Brooks isn't a real person, and they also lied about how they were uh, doing it for a while. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> If they said it's as honest as it comes, that, that's believable. But the fact that they say it's still honest as they come. But right. I, uh, I respect the brand. I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah, that is funny. I have no idea what bottling the old-fashioned way is, but there's probably something special about it. Um, anyway, I just yeah thought that was funny. The bottle itself, the uh, old Ezra seven-year barrel strength, is seven years old, as you know the name suggests. It's cast strength at 117 proof, as I mentioned, and it is a very generous pour from our friend Caleb Olson at The Bourbon Badger, if you want to find him on Instagram. Great guy. Uh, it is of in this order, but I do not know the percentages. It is mostly corn, then rye, then barley, and this juice for um, this is known to probably come from Heaven Hill Distillery, which is also in Bardstown. Total wine price, $42 retail. And, yep, that's what I got today. I think it'll be a good one. I've heard really good things about this pour. Yeah. And there will be no cork popping on this episode because we don't have the bottle. We have sample bottles. Yep. So I'm going to pop it open or at least untwist now. I have poured already, and I've been kind of letting it breathe a little bit. In my new Denver and Lily bourbon glass, <laughs> um, yeah, just it smells really good. It smells, uh, I don't know, almost like a like a wafer cookie, almost like a vanilla wafer cookie. Yeah, definitely getting vanilla notes. Um, you can tell it's 
hotter than most. You can tell it's, you know, at least over 100 proof. It's It's got a heat to the nose. Oh, One yeah. thing I like about these glasses is that if you put your, like, finger around the base and, like, kind of just wrapped your um, hand just around the base, you're kind of warming the uh, actual glass part itself, which I think could be useful in because ter- I love to warm my whiskey, and that's why I love stem- stemless Glencairns. But I think this is very yeah. doable if you just, like, wrap your hand around it. I'm trying Any to other think, notes uh, you're getting? Corn. Corn notes, corn. which, you know, sort of makes sense. But do you get that at all? No. Okay. That's cool. I'm just getting a, a, an overall sweetness. Uh, yeah, definitely a sweetness. Here, you go for the sip. I'll talk about the color. Sure. Color is a yellowish amber. Uh, not strongly yellow, but it's it's less of a dark amber than you would expect at 117 proof. Um, but I don't know if it's just the uh, glass refracting a special way. But, um, you know, it's your standard amber, but it's not too dark for, you know, what you would expect of a cast ring. What do you think? It's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me because I'm, I'm a little sick. or a li- I'm, I'm sick. So my tasting is a little off, but however, I right away taste carrots. Hmm. I taste it's earthy. Mm-hmm. Pleasant. It's not earthy like we had with that um whistle pig tenure. It right. was like a grassy earthy. This is like yeah. the heart of the barrel earthy. Um yeah, carrots. I'm getting that at the finish, actually. Almost like a yeah, carrot at cake. First, at first, well, so for me, at first, it just felt like eating a raw carrot, and then, mm-hmm. and then, uh, as the finish is rolling around, it's more like, you know, like cooked carrots with a little brown sugar. Ooh, good note. Good note. Yeah, you know, like those soft carrots that you'd have with chicken or something. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's not like mm-hmm. thanks- a Thanksgiving dish, but it's. I don't know. I don't even know how you make those. Like, it's not like you boil them. You just throw them in a pot and cook them, I guess. Yeah, you can, like, roast them in the oven. Um, but that's a great right. note. When you, like, cook them, it brings out the sweetness. And I'm getting that. It's yeah. not a bad note. Yeah. Not at all. No. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to, like, earthy, oaky, sweet oaky. And... This reminds me a little bit, a little bit of the Jack Daniels barrel proof, single barrel that we had. Uh, the, really? I don't get that at all. I'm not getting those like banana or like those kind of notes, but I I don't know, just like the density of it and the cast strength, um, I guess. Right. Like just strength of it, I guess. Um, yeah. Reminds me of that. Interesting. Yeah, I I don't I don't I'm not uh I'm not with you there. Okay. Yeah. So. It's been a while and I think I, uh, I finished that sample, but yeah, that's kind of what at least it reminds me of. Yeah. I uh I added a drop of water, so I'm going to give it a little smell here. I'm doing that right now. And uh cool, I mean this this glass offers a really cool swirl that I don't get from Glen Cairns. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of cool. It's very easy to swirl it around the glass in these. Yeah. 
And uh, um, listeners, we will put the uh, like pictures of this glass and uh, and even probably I'll invite this onto the uh, Cocktails with Cole on YouTube uh, and you'll see it through the video, but we'll also post a few um, pictures on uh, the Instagram. For sure. Um, as far as the nose goes with a drop of water, yeah, I'm not seeing a major difference. So it was a lot more potent to me. Like I just put my oh, really? nose on it and I was like, whoo. Um, and by potent, I mean like alcohol vapor potent. Right. I, I, I think we know what you meant. Okay, good. Yeah, for me, I'm not really, I'm not really getting a difference. So I just took a sip. I might like it a little better with water. Coats the, coats the mouth. The mouthfeel is, um, I would like to think the mouthfeel is, uh, more noticeable with the water. I'm getting oh, yeah. a, yeah, it, it's way better with water. Yeah. And, um, I'm getting like just, it's coating my mouth and almost like numbing it in, in like, it's like Novocaine that I had the other day. Yes. Yep. But it's good. I much prefer it with water. Sweetness comes out, but the flavor is more, um, complex for sure with a little bit of water. It's uh I think it's much more sharp with water which is mm. interesting. It uh without the water it was like a blunt instrument with the water mm. it's like a dagger where it's just like here I am and ready or not your tongue is going to taste me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's much more noticeable. Like the flavor just stands out with the water. I'm going to add ice. Yeah. Sure, I Drop will too. Um And while I'm uh trying to pull ice out of my little freezer here, I will say one thing that I don't like about these glasses. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. My ice is all frozen together. One, th- one thing that I don't like about these glasses is that yeah. it's, at least so far, it's been harder for me to take a small sip. I, I like to take small sips. I don't like to, I don't know, gobble it down. Um, yeah. And it's just, I don't know what it is. It's it, It's got a wider brim than yeah. I normally do on the on the glass that I use. So it's just a little harder to control the amount that's going into my mouth. Yeah. So. I think it's, I think that's true, but I haven't noticed it. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, like, I think that's true in terms of, like, it is wider, like, brimmed, I guess, is the word. I don't know if brim's the word. Um, rim i don't know rim, yeah but um yeah yeah if you want to like well you be you also more. usually take bigger gulps than i do mm-hmm. so I that's true Ooh, the nose very caramely again i don't notice anything different with the nose okay yeah i thought it popped so. a little more in sweetness chilled it down a little bit in terms of um the like muted it a little bit uh it is horrible with ice yeah just killed it for me that earthiness takes over sweetness is there but the earthiness just uh overshadows it definitely the worst of the three and then it's and then it's very stinging in the finish exactly it's not a pleasant finish. No, not at all. Yeah. So, listeners out there, try it uh, every way, sure. 
but at least me and Adam think that uh, with a little bit of water, this cast strength is the best. Ooh, now it's just getting super bitter. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah the I will never drink that with ice again. It's just yeah, yeah. But no, at least I know. It. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, remind me how much this was. How much this costs? Uh, uh total wine price is forty-two retail. All right. Um, so what are you thinking as far as a rating goes? I I like it. I think the nose was decent. I think the palate was best, especially with water. I think the price point is actually great for a cast strength. Sadly, this isn't super easy to find. It's not really hard to find, but it's not super easy. Like, you won't find it walking into any liquor store. Um, right. I like that it's cast strength at 42 bucks. I still, with that all said, I would say I would give this on the rating scale a 7.9. Good. Not great. And then on my other scale, I would say love it, but on the low end of love it. A little high end of like it. Nice. I, I, um... I struggle with this one. I, you know, I here's something I like about it. I like that one of my notes was carrots. I haven't tasted anything that brought out a vegetable like that before. Yeah. Um, or I guess a carrot really isn't a vegetable. It's a it's a root, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I do like that. I think that's interesting. It so it tasted interesting, but um. I wasn't. I wasn't otherwise impressed. Uh, so I I, uh, I had given an original score in my mind, and then when you gave it a higher score than I did, I at first was like, "Oh, maybe I should bump up my score." But then I was like, "No, like that's not the spirit of what this is. I'm not yeah. going to let Cole's score influence mine." So I gave it a six point eight. Okay, that's cool. So yeah, it didn't live up to the words i heard about it but i still liked it i still definitely liked it slash loved it so yeah no i mean i i liked it don't get me wrong i just um it's definitely not something that i would uh i wouldn't buy for sure and i don't know that i would order it either so yeah i'm with you uh cole what are we drinking next week next week uh on the docket we have tattersall straight rye Ah uh, yes, that is a whiskey that I bought blind when I was in Minnesota. It's a, it's from a Tattersall Distillery, I think is what they're called. No um, and and they're from uh, Minnesota. And uh, when I was up there, I was just wanting to buy something local. I try to buy something local whenever I go to a different state, mm-hmm. uh, just to see what's out there. So I have had that already. I'll I'll reserve any comments for for when we have it. But uh, yeah. Uh, I am excited about that. Hey, Cole, do you know what time it is? What time? It's time for Whiskey World News. That's right. As you've just heard, it's time for Whiskey World News, the part of the show where we find an article on the internet, we read it, we tell you where it's from, who wrote it, 
all that good stuff. We don't ever want to take credit for the article. We always want to give credit to the people and the website that are doing these things. But then we discuss it and we see what we think and uh, and it's fun. So today's article comes from SlashGear.com. That's S-L-A-S-H Gear.com. Written by a guy named Shane McGlon. Uh, and the, t- the title of the article is Artificial Tongue is Meant to Taste Whiskey. So here here we go. Scientists at the University of Glasgow have created what they call an artificial tongue that is meant to help cut down on the trade of counterfeit alcohol. The artificial tongue is specifically designed to taste the subtle differences between types of whiskey. The design of the device exploits the optical properties of gold and aluminum to test the whiskey. The artificial tongue uses sub-microscopic slices of aluminum and gold arranged in a checkerboard pattern to act as the taste buds. The team poured samples of whiskey over the taste buds, which are about 500 times smaller than human taste buds, and measured how they absorbed light while submerged in the alcohol. Statistical analysis of the subtle differences in how the metals in the artificial tongue absorb light, called plasmonic resonance, allows the team to identify different types of whiskey. The team sampled whiskeys from Glenfiddich, Glenmarnock, and Lafroig with the artificial tongue. It was able to taste the difference between drinks with 99% accuracy. The artificial tongue was able to pick up on the subtle distinctions between the same whiskey aged in different barrels and to tell the difference between the same whiskey that was aged for 12, 15, and 18 years. Wow. While the artificial tongue works for detecting counterfeit alcohol, it has other potential uses. It could also be used in food safety testing, quality control, security, and any area where a portable and reusable method of tasting would be useful. The research was conducted by engineers and chemists from the University of Glasgow and Strathclyde. The team was financially supported by Leverholm Trust, the Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council, and the Biotechnology and Biological Sciences Research Council. So that's the article. It's a quick one, a short one. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, we see more and more ways that technology is being used to to facilitate the creation of spirits, and I, I, th- this is probably the most interesting one I've seen. Yeah, I. It's funny. Like, I actually I find this really cool because you know, one you could say like you know someone like fakes a bottle of like Lafroig thirty three or something like that, and they're like, is this real? Because that's you know that's like a very rare and valuable bottle. And they'll be like, first of all, is this Lafroy? Because they have a very uh, specific like mash bill and stuff like that. And it'd be cool to like find that out. Uh, you know, if this one's a, a counterfeit or if this one's legit. Um, I think it's it's useful in that way. I wonder how useful. Uh, but it also reminds me of that article we read. I forget what it was called. It was like Endless West um, Spirits. That one where they were like making like not fake whiskey, but like genetically engineered but by genetically i mean like fake right. engineered um right and i wonder if they could team up and be like how can we like make this modified engineered whiskey 
to taste better or even similar to certain um, styles. Right. I think like the Endless how, West how can was we like get going it as for, close as possible to that. Yeah, yeah. Like I like they were aiming for like Pappy or something like that, which people love. Um, but I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I I love science. I love that kind of stuff, and I love um, being able to. Uh, quantify whiskey in a scientific way is super cool to me. Um, but yeah, I wonder like how useful it is, especially when they made it, it sounds like they made it for the purpose of whiskey. Um, right. And, and I wonder, I guess how practical it is because, or, or, or I, or more, what is the practical application? You know, is this meant for distillers to have, uh, is this meant for high-end auction houses to confirm that things are what they are? Although if you do, if they do that, they lower the price because they've got to open the bottle to do it. Yeah, um, that's what I was is thinking. It for the, uh, is it for the average consumer to test things that they've bought? Uh, and, and if it is, then if you get this, you have to, they have to also then be provided with the scientific analysis of hundreds of whiskeys to to be able to compare their findings and the average consumer is not going to be able to actually take the data of pouring whiskey on this thing and translate it basically yeah Um, so i i don't know what the the practical application of this is if it's just a cool gimmick that uh will be used to do other things or, or does this thing get sold to you and I at a liquor store and, and there's some way to actually do it? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I wonder if you're like, hey, I wonder if my bottle is counterfeit and you're willing to open it. And that, that's outside of, like, what we're thinking. Like, if you're willing to open it, I wonder how much it would cost to get this, quote, tested through this artificial right. tongue. I, I wonder if it'd be worth it. Here's here's another question for you, Cole. Let's say that you saved up and you spent a thousand dollars on a really collectible rare bottle, right? Yeah. Would you ever want to know after you've spent a thousand dollars that it was fake? Not after I spent it. Right. Exactly. So that's yeah. that's the other problem that I find with this. Like, hey, I if if I get lied to and I spend a thousand dollars, but yeah. it's still a great whiskey and I really am happy with it, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm fine being lied to i'm fine not knowing the truth on that yeah and i i to be honest i don't know to what extent counterfeit whiskey is happening like i i i do know that some people will like buy up old empty bottles of like pappy 23 and they'll like try to fill it up with like weller you know antique or something like that and then sell it um, I'm sure that's a thing, but I've, I, I haven't heard how deep the counterfeit market is going. I, and, you know, I think, I think the counterfeit whiskey, uh, or the whiskeys or just spirits in general that are more susceptible to being counterfeited are the, you know, the fast food spirits, as I would call them, you know, the, the Belvedere vodka, the Jack Daniels, the Ho- Jose, as far as tequila goes, because yeah. I, I think I think that's probably more common where people are buying like bottom shelf bottles and filling up, uh, you know, those fast food level bottles and and selling them quick for you know a ten dollar profit or whatever it would be, just because people aren't scrutinizing those types of spirits 
I, you know, I'm not going to have somebody pour me a glass of Jack Daniels or a Jack and Coke or whatever and go, I'm pretty sure this isn't Jack Daniels. I think yeah. this is a lesser whiskey. So I think that's where the market is for counterfeiters. Really? I, you know, I, I just think the profit margin is not good enough for the really? work you that would go into it. I, but but it, so here's here's the thing. When, when that is happening, it's not just you who's doing it. It's not just a one-man operation. That is that is like just just like you know fashion. Um, like Tommy Hilfiger stuff gets counterfeited all the time, For and sure. it's not just one guy in a basement sewing together clothes. It is a mm-hmm. full-on factory in in a country where they can pay cents on the dollar, and and people are making these clothes and putting Tommy Hilfiger stuff on it, and then it gets shipped over illegally and it goes into the black market and sold. So there is a profit because it is this giant. I mean, it's basically a company. If if they if they wanted to work hard and put out a great product, they could probably do it, but they don't want to work hard. They just want to take somebody else's credit and make a buck off of it. Yeah, I mean, my my only rebuttal to that is that most, I mean, almost every, I'm going to say 99% of liquor stores would go through a distributor, and the distributor goes through, like, the actual, like, uh, distilleries and stuff, and you can only it's like a it's like a you know there are laws for this stuff that you should go through a distributor and you sh- they should go through whatever means they get from the distillery um and right but I, do, do you do you know that that the, those same laws or same types of laws are applicable to cigarette sales tobacco sales and uh counterfeit cigarettes is one of the biggest counterfeiting operations in the states really okay you got me there yeah. Good, uh, so good I, it, it, it would be things like not like your typical liquor store. It would be things like little do, uh, bodegas on the corner, like little yeah. like mom and pop shops. And it would be yeah. you know your your whole hole in the wall dive bars that would be like somebody rolls up with a, a van full of liquor and goes, "Hey, I know that you're spending this much on on you know Jack Daniels right now, but I can give you a case for a third of that price." And and they'd still be making a profit, huh? I'm very interested now to think about that. that. Would be my again. This is all conjecture. This is my assumption. I know that that happens in the tobacco world. I know mm. that counterfeit cigarettes get get bought and sold a lot. So yeah, I would imagine it's fairly. It'd be fairly similar in the in the alcohol world. So huh? Yeah, I'd be really intrigued. Who knows, uh, listeners? If you know, let us know. <laughs> Yeah, and also, listeners, I want to know from you, if you bought a really expensive bottle, would you ever want to know that it was fake, if it was? Like, uh, you know, obviously, I don't know. But if you spent all this money and the guy lied to you, would you ever want to know that after spending that money? Or are you happy living in ignorant bliss? Because that's how I would be. I would be blissfully ignorant. So, yeah. Uh, Cole, remind us once again, what are we drinking next week? We are drinking a rye called Tattersall Straight Rye, and that's T, I believe, T A T T E R S A L. Correct. Uh, so be looking forward to that, listeners. Cole, any last words that you'd like to leave our listeners with? No, thanks for listening, listeners. We love you. Yes, yes, we do. And uh, Cole, good luck with the bid on the house. I, I hope it goes through and, and accepted and all that good stuff. And I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. Mm-hmm.